If a country is in a conflict, the illicit financial flows that leave can really drain the scarce resources that are critically needed. But also illicit financial flows that enter can finance crime, terrorism and unrest. Hello, this is The Weekly Tradecast, a new podcast brought to you by the UN Conference on Trade and Development. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're talking about illicit financial flows, otherwise known as dirty money. Apart from being illegal, the murky transactions deprive governments of revenues to invest in hospitals, education and services. The Panama Papers and other leaks of financial records have exposed how secretive offshore companies allow corrupt politicians and the wealthy to stash away huge amounts of money. Dirty money also flows under the radar from terrorists and criminal groups, fueling violence and instability. To tell us more, I'm joined by Anu Peltola, Officer in Charge of Statistics in UNCTAD, a statistician who loves mathematics. But when she's not crunching numbers, Anu also enjoys picking berries and mushrooms in warmer months and skiing in the winter. Illicit financial flows are obviously illicit. So how do we truly know how much money is being siphoned off? It would be very tempting to throw in a global figure of illicit financial flows, but we don't really know. And we're on a journey with the UN Office on Drugs and Crime to try and develop an official figure to really measure illicit financial flows in a reliable way. This is very tricky work, but we are seeing some results already. Our pilots show that um, illicit financial flows in Latin America, for instance, in some countries from drugs trafficking only can be worth billions of dollars. In some countries in Asia and Africa that have carried out a pilot, we see that illicit financial flows related to trade misinvoicing can be even 10% of GDP and up to 100% of GDP. It could be even more in some countries. One thing is to know about illicit financial flows and to understand how they operate. Another is how to transfer these flows into illicit flows to the economy and then part of these flows could provide income to the governments in the form of taxes or tariffs Mm. and so on. How different is the impact of dirty money on, say, developed versus developing countries? We have seen that especially developing countries have been hit hard by the recent crisis the pandemic, the climate and environmental crisis, and also the economic disruptions, the high inflation and debt levels. I think some of our beneficiary countries have said it really well, that they need better schools, they need better health care. This funding is actually slipping out of the country and is not being used for the services for the population in the country, even when the activities are actually carried out in the country and the economy of the country might depend on those economic activities, let's say extractive industries, it would be important to strengthen the capacity of the countries to curb these flows, to have the law in place, to look into this issue and avoid the loopholes that are currently there. Illicit financial flows continue to slip through the cracks of our economies. 
while the funding would be painfully needed to fund sustainable development, recovery from the pandemic, essential services like health and social services, and achievement of human rights. Really, this is an issue that we need to tackle globally mm. in collaboration between developing and developed countries to ensure that the resources are there. There are a lot of ways that money can illicitly leave a country. But who are the main culprits and what are the main routes that they take? Sometimes we see that illicit finance is intertwined with trade in the form of trade misinvoicing. This could be associated with certain industries or products like precious metals. We see also that countries that are rich in natural resources might be more prone to illicit financial flows. Some smaller economies might be playing an intermediary role between regions to channel illicit financial flows. There are different kinds of illegal markets, such as drugs trafficking, illegal smuggling of migrants, illegal trade of wildlife. Mm. Of course, we see tax evasion by wealthy individuals to um, evade taxes. All this can take different forms. When we talk about the culprits, I'd look at poor governance and rule of law, high levels of corruption and lack of capacity for customs and tax authorities, for instance, to address the issue. Now, how much does war and conflict worsen the problem of dirty money? It certainly gives more space for illicit financial flows to enter and leave a country. If a country is in a conflict or in war, the illicit financial flows that leave the country can really drain the scarce resources that are critically needed in the country. But also illicit financial flows that enter the country can just enter to finance crime, terrorism and unrest in the country. Mm. They could also serve um, some hidden agendas within the country. And it's especially difficult to try and detect those flows in a country that is in a conflict and not to talk about curbing them because there are no resources for that work. When the Panama Papers were leaked in 2016, there was outrage, wasn't there, and shock. But what's really happened since then to stop the flow of money or at least stem dirty money? And is it enough? The Panama Papers really underlined the importance of transparency. It was shocking to see how little we knew about the huge scale of activities mm. that were taking place under the radar. But we've seen many initiatives since then to improve financial integrity, global minimum tax rate, and much higher willingness to engage in data exchange. It really shows the magnitude of the league. Huge problem, obviously. You talked about the big companies profiteering, moving money to places with low taxes. Are those also considered illicit financial flows or should they be? It's really a borderline issue. Multinationals typically use legal means to transfer profits to lower tax jurisdictions. But sometimes these flows are really significant and they can drain resources from sustainable development and services, essential services for the population. And in those cases, we can talk about aggressive tax avoidance that's actually harmful for development. I think it's important to measure these flows as well and to have the information so that then government can decide how desirable these behaviours are and whether something should be done to set the limits. Well, thank you to Anu Peltola from UNCTAD for being this week's guest. Tune in to the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. And there's even more on our website, unctad.org, 
I'm Sarah Toms in Geneva. Goodbye for now.